Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. <laughs> We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm one of the Ryan Ryan Foley. He's another Ryan Ryan Thornburg. He's back all the way from Europe, coming Woo. back to the States. We're happy to be here. We are part of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and we actually have a new sponsor this year, Gear Up Sports. Let me read our little read from Gear Up, sponsored by Gear Up Sports, a youth, youth sports platform focused on solving the uniform and apparel headaches for coaches. If you are a youth or high school coach, you need some uniforms or player packs, contact them at www.gearupwithus.com and make sure to mention the RNR Catcast. That's awesome. Yeah. Been yep, waiting to have them on board. A couple will ran by some good Bobcat people over there. So give them, give them a shout if that's uh, something that you need. Cause definitely uh good business, good dudes, good Bobcat fans. Absolutely. I'm excited to actually mention him. It has been fun. It's been it's been in the works. Yeah. And like now the cat's out of the bag. Happy to That's right. Happy to have gear up with us. Excellent. And stuff. more stuff coming related to that too, I think. Yeah. But we'll get to that probably uh probably later on. Don't think we're quite ready. Hopefully next week. All right. Next week. Well, we're back. And we're about we're about to go into conference play. Uh Thorny's here. Let's do a little show rundown as normal. Happy to see you there, Thorny. First of all, we'll talk about the news, pretty much injuries, and uh, there's some stuff going on with Lanana Junior Alexander we'll talk about. And we'll give a brief uh, recap of uh, the presser today, uh, what happened with Coach Vegan and what he said. There was a couple of interesting things that he put out there. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that, and then we'll do the Weber State preview. We'll probably mention Stetson slightly. Like, uh, it's, uh, well, we recapped it during the instant reaction show, so we won't give too much on that. Plus, it was kind of a boring game. So we'll breeze past that, but we do have quite a few Golden Coolie questions and some bold predictions. Yeah, I think that sounds fun. It's good to be back, man. Uh, it was a fun trip. Overseas, spent a little time in Germany, Austria, and Ireland for the most of it. But uh, kind of funny, there was two different instances where I was wearing my Bobcat shirt. I did pack one, and I was stopped twice by Bobcat, uh, either alumni or in the case of when I was in Salzburg, which is a town in Austria, there's a fortress there up on the little kind of like hill slash mountain thing. Uh, Somebody stopped me and said that they're going to school in Salzburg and they're international student from Montana State. So they're like doing the international partnership or whatever. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. And then the other one was at a castle in Kilkenny, Ireland. So two castles stopped by two people, two Bobcat fans. Pretty funny. I only wore that short like shirt like four times and like half the time I wore it. Somebody stopped me, said go cats. So that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Did you happen to take your golden coolie? I know that's a golden coolie question from CNC. Uh, no, no, I didn't take that. And I did not bring my um, gold rush shirt, which I was going to, but 
my wife, before we packed the trip, I have so many gold rush shirts and I wear them all the time for random purposes. She's like, you're not taking any of these yellow shirts, are you? It's <laughs> like, maybe, but uh, no, nope, did not. But I did watch part of the gold rush game in the middle of the night in Germany and a little bit of the South Dakota State game post post game. I already had, I woke up and the game was over, but <laughs> didn't really get to watch either of those live, but I did watch a little bit. When I could. How much Guinness did you drink? I mean, I don't know. That's pretty much all I drank when I was in Ireland. It tastes better over there. I've never been a huge Guinness fan, but I was like, I'll do it since we're here. It was hitting the spot every time, man. I don't know what it is about the pours over there or whatever. Maybe Americans just don't know how to pour Guinness. Or maybe I just never order Guinness on the tap, so I only drink it out of the can. And maybe that's why it tastes much better. I don't know. But it was great. And at one point, I did get burned out, and I ordered a few Coors Lights at this little <laughs> Irish bar. <laughs> but most of the time, almost everything I drank was Guinness, and I had Irish whiskey my very last night, my very last drink, because I figured I have to have like one Irish whiskey while I'm in Ireland, just to kind of cap the trip. Nice, man. Yes, a lot of Guinness, a tour of the Guinness uh, factory, not a tour necessarily, the little experience that they have there, the little thing they have, which is pretty fun. But uh, yeah, lots of Guinness. Guinness is a big part of the culture. And like, it's pretty amazing how much of an influence it had on like the economy and everything. Pretty interesting. Well, you definitely sent me some good pictures. I missed, I missed you, Ryan. I missed talking Bobcat football with you. And you seem just kind of aloof. You're like, well, I'm out of the country. I'm not really thinking about it all that much. You had a little update. I had a lot of thoughts, especially after the South Dakota State game. You know, I want to thank Zach Levere and Tom Stuber for coming on and Yes. Pulling duties while you were gone, and those guys did excellent work. And I had to learn how to edit a podcast at one point and produce it all. And so it was it was more work on my plate. But I'm so happy you're back because you know you could take over those duties again. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I completely checked out of like everything that tethered me back to the United States, back to responsibilities, including Bobcat football. It's just like meh, just to everything, <laughs> like checking in once a day with the kids, but that made it, it was hard with the time zone change. So that didn't even happen every day because we were eight or nine hours ahead of them and it was a school day. So like if we weren't in Wi-Fi range around the time they were getting ready for school, I was pretty much didn't talk to the kids that day, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. It was very relaxing. Got lots of sleep comparatively, saw lots of sights, drank lots of Guinness, had a great time. All I highly right. recommend driving over there. Scary as heck. Don't really recommend that. <laughs> Wrong side of the road. Little rock walls, no shoulders. You veer off too far to the left. You're you're scraping your car up, your rental car. Get the insurance. <laughs> but I do recommend it uh, in terms of like, you can do all the sites you want to do. You can see whatever you want to see and take your own pace. Tour buses look, just doesn't look as fun. Yeah. Typically that's, I would do that. Not the tour bus, but go my own route. Yeah, well, be prepared. All right. <laughs> well, let's get into, uh, before yeah. we get into anything, we got our Golden Cooley segment. What's in your Golden Cooley? All right. Well, first of all, thank you to our sponsor for the Golden Cooley segment, Wilbur Ellis in the Golden Triangle. See them for all your farming equipment and fertilizer needs. Shade Richter's the guy you want to talk to. We appreciate them for being a sponsor for this year. And I'm happily not drinking a Guinness. I am drinking Kettle House 
Fish On, a juicy pale ale from the Kettle House Brewing Company over there in Missoula, or they're not technically Missoula. Are they Boulder or something like that? Not Boulder. What am I thinking of? Yeah. Kettle House, Missoula. What's the one that's like right outside Missoula? Uh, Big Sky. So there's that little, little tiny like logging thing right outside Missoula. I thought that's where they were. Whatever. Kettle House. Uh, I like it. I don't think I've ever had this before. It's got like a picture on? of like a fly fishing reel on it or something. It's pretty It's pretty tasty. I've never had it. Hmm. I like it. I don't it. think I've seen that. I'm kind of chastising myself. I, I have a Rainier and I have put zero effort in mm. the Golden Coulee game for like becoming interesting during this segment. And that was something I always tried to pride myself in. So I need to pick up that. You're I failing. Will. Yes, I will do better next week. I will not have, I vouch not to have a Rainier or a, what was I drinking with Tom? A uh, Coors, Coors Banquet. Yeah, so you're, you're hitting just the all, all American macro brews. Look at you go. This, it, it, it's, it's almost akin to like when we do this podcast in March, nobody's listening. Nobody cares because there's nothing going on. You're like, what do I have in my fridge? You have like a, you have your skinny ultra, what are those little <laughs> things, uh, Michelob Ultras. Michelob Ultras, yeah. I don't fin the coolie. <laughs> They're too skinny. Right yeah, that's pretty much You're what always- it comes to. At some point, it's just whatever's left in the fridge, but it's too early in the season for that fully. Yeah, I know. Get better. And I, was, better. I, was at the, I was at Rose Hours today. I could have done better. I should have, but I just didn't want to take the time to actually just sit there and think. So that's on me. I'll do better okay. next week. Work Good. upon for me. <laughs> <laughs> I even got a miner's gold as a backup. I got like two beers that are better than your beer. Look at you. Well, all righty. Well, let's get into the news, which is basically the injury report. And uh, we'll just, we'll start off with Lenata Jr. Alexander came out today that he he didn't pass. His waivers, NCAA waivers got denied. And this was always a... Apparently, from Coach Vegan, this was always something that was on the table. Now, I did not know this, Thorny, but he has two years of eligibility left. So his football playing is not done. It's just done for this season. Uh, that's just it's frustrating. I guess, I guess I didn't know that. It just seems weird that they, it would take this long to figure that out. I guess that's what's so frustrating to me is like dragging players along like Gene and Alexander, Alexander in this situation, they went through fall camp, game one, game two, game three. Like, they, like am I going to get to play? Like, they wait that long to tell you? It's just, it's frustrating. Oh, hugely frustrating. Could have easily figured this out in June, July, August, right? Come on. I feel for the fans. I feel for Montana State, but mostly I feel for Junior. It's going to be terribly hard. Coach, yes. though, Coach, Coach Vegan said he's in a good spot and he has a good support system here. And that's really that's really what it comes down to. Junior started at Arizona. It's a bad fit over there. Went back to Washington. Coaching change happened. Came over to Montana State looking for a fresh start. And apparently to Coach Vegan, he's thriving. So, you know, hats off to you, Junior. That's a that's a tough pill to swallow. We were all looking forward to seeing you. But man, it sucks. So that's that's the major news of the day. Can he Let's still get into, practice? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that's a really good question. That's something <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Because if not, like that's tough because then he can't even be, if you're out there practicing, you can at least be part of the team in, in a way. But if you can't even do that, then like, what do you, what do you do? 
Yeah, that's tough. So that is tough. We'll report back when we know more about that. Let's get into some of the injuries. It looks like JT Reed and Ty McCullough have been practicing. They're not going to play this week, but they're about a week out. That's encouraging. And we haven't seen Ty McCullough. I mean, talk about the we'll talk about the receivers. He's one of them that we were hyped to see, but haven't seen. Uh, Paul Bra- Paul Brott is going to be returning, and Simeon Woodard, Woodard, Woodard is going to come back as well. So both those guys are going to see some playing time. Paul Brott, first time this year, so he'll be, you know, really welcomed on the defensive line, especially after Zach Black suffered a knee injury that is going to cost him the season. Tommy, what we heard about that is it's not surgical and it's Correct. not a ligament issue is what Coach Vegan says. He's not available this week. To be determined, it's all speculation at this point. You I've s- heard you everything. T- yeah, you tend to think it's longer, <laughs> typically with this kind of stuff. Oh, who knows what it is, right? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Mine's just a gut feeling like, He's going to be gone for like four weeks or something stupid, right? Ah, well, I'm just a little bit shy because I'm a Bengals fan. And then so the whole Joe Burrow calf thing, you know, if, if you, if you, whatever you do, like if you think it's healed and you come back too soon and all the soft tissue stuff, I don't know if it's soft tissue, whatever it is. It's just, just another Tommy injury that we were having to process again. And it feels like an old hat and it sucks because of, well, Tommy's Tommy and we need Tommy. I don't know, we could go down a lot of different routes right there. Try not to get pessimistic right now with that. It's hard, man. Like he's at at this point, Montana State has two quarterbacks who both have a history of injuries. Yeah. So it's just it is what it is. You have to game plan for it. You can't assume either one of those guys are going to be healthy for long. Unfortunately, you got to have Plan C and D because I think and that D. it's. Uh, it's not only that they have a penchant for getting hurt, it's because Montana State uses them in a way where they will get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I'm not sure it matters necessarily how they use Tommy. Unfortunately, I might get a lot of flack for this, but I feel like Tommy's kind of a guy who's going to get hurt. If he's playing drop back quarterback, he's probably still going to get hurt. Is he, is, like you said, hurt guys who get hurt, get hurt, right? <laughs> Yeah, with his uh, concussion history and just, it seems like the, I don't know what it is. You know, he just takes a lot of hard hits, just given the nature he has the ball and guys run for him. Tough. It's really tough. I mean, he's a tough kid, but he's not superhuman. No. None of these guys are, so. Well, hopefully he can heal up and uh, stay healthy for the rest of the season when he comes back. That's all we can really hope for. Well, in the meantime, we have... As somebody put it online, a huge luxury and Sean Chambers. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. There's a lot of schools in the FCS who would kill for Sean Chambers as QB1. Yeah. And the, and he's our incumbent backup. Well, he's going to be our starter for the foreseeable future. Not sure what that is going to uh, come to an end, but we'll see. Anyways, we'll get into that. All righty. Uh, let's go into the polls. Montana State held rank at number three. South Dakota State, North Dakota State held chalk up top. Sacramento State is number four. They moved all the way up to number eight after being Stanford. William and Mary went down to five. They were at four. 
Holy Cross is six. Idaho is now seven. They were number five. So they dropped two spots. Let's see, number 10. So I'll just drop down to number 10 right there, Weber State. So this is a top 10 matchup going into this week. Montana's number 13. And let's see. I think UC Davis is there. Yeah, UC Davis is top 15. So there's your crack. I was looking at another poll. That's why I'm being a little bit kind of hesitant right now that this doesn't match up with. This is the FCS stats perform poll. Yeah, that's usually what we look at. Just make sure it's not the coaches yeah. one. Okay, there you go. Eastern Washington's getting votes. They're yeah. they're uh two behind cracking the top twenty five. They would be essentially they would be number twenty eight right now. Yeah. There's a few FCS polls nowadays, but I think we kind of have usually focused on the FCS stats poll. Yeah. But yeah. It's crazy. Like basically half the biggest guy is gonna be ranked. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of crazy. It is and that's something I was just going to reflect on just a little bit. Just the strength of the big sky, at least the top half of the big sky is well represented in the top 15. Montana State has to go play pretty much all of those guys on the road. Woo. Man, yep. it does it does not get easy for Montana State coming up. No. Nope. And there's a lot to talk about in that regard. But yeah, opportunity slipped away at South Dakota State because, you know, it's going to be hard to go undefeated the rest of the way out. It's going to be real hard. All right. Uh, the only other thing I had is Coach Vegan's presser. Not much. I mean, got all that injury news from him. Yeah. He just kind of mentioned, uh, and somebody asked him this, and I, I didn't realize it was this, that we had played Weber three times out of our last 11 games. So Coach talked about how we make adjustments for what they do well, and they're going to be making adjustments for what we do well. It's kind of like a chess match against Weber. And uh, one thing he did mention was it was a little bit Jeff Choate-esque. He started the press conference just listing off their dudes, and they got a lot of dudes that we'll talk about. But he spent time speaking of them by name, and I don't know. I don't remember Coach Vegan doing that as much, but very aware of Weber, respects the program. And, you know, he just pretty much vanilla, vanilla stuff with, when he talked about it, but uh, and the only other interesting thing I thought was he talked about Paljo, um, our freshman defensive back, maybe being able to play a little nickel in the future. And I thought that was a little interesting. That's something I mined out of that. You know what happened to Aiden Parks? I thought he was the right there in the mix at the nickel spot, and then all of a sudden he's like not anywhere. Was he on the depth chart? I didn't look at the depth chart today. Well, there's no Tommy on it. That's really the only big thing. <laughs> he was on the depth chart for Stetson. So interesting that he's completely gone. That's all show of hand or sleight of hand, whatever you want yeah. to call it. So we'll see. It's true. All right. All right. Where do you want to go from here? Just talk about Stetson a little bit to give a little stats recap. Yeah, stats, man. I'm back. This is what I do. I do the stats thing. I don't know if anyone likes it. I don't know if I like it, but I do it. So <laughs> it's something that I do. All right, let's get into the game that was. Montana State takes care of the Stetson Mad Hatters from Florida, 57 to 20. Cats muster 26 first downs, going 5 for 10 on third down. That's a pretty good 50% clip there. 2 for 2 on fourth down, 618 total yards. 272 through the air, 16 of 30, 
9.1 yards per pass and no interceptions. But even with that decent passing game for Montana State, we still managed 346 yards on 9.6 yards per carry. Mm. Five penalties for 32 yards. Still, still some stuff you don't want to see that reared its ugly head. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, one fumble lost by Jacob Trimble and mm-hmm. possession 28 minutes and 43 seconds for the Cats. Going over to Stetson, 16 first downs, 6 of 15 on for third down. So Stetson actually did a decent job on third down. 280 total yards for Stetson, 175 through the air, 16th of 29 for 6.0 yards per pass. But they did throw two interceptions. That was a kind of big one there. 105 yards on the ground for just three yards of carry. Montana State really shut down their running game. Even though they busted a couple decent runs, every other run went backwards, basically. Four penalties for Stetson uh, for 14 yards. And yes, the two interceptions there, but they did win the time of possession battle. But, you know, when Montana State's averaging like, whoa, like 9.5 yards per play, 618 yards, <laughs> scoring a lot of points, and you're not going to have to possess the ball for very long. So that one makes complete sense. So there's the team stats. Stetson had was two for two on field goals. Montana State was three for three on field goals. And we had four sacks with for a loss of 22 yards, which is pretty good. Some individual stats. Sean Chambers had himself a pretty nice day. He was nine for 13 for passing for 140 yards, uh, five rushes for 55 yards with two touchdowns. One being a long of, I can't, I can't remember. I didn't write it down, but it was like 30 some yards or something like that. 30. Cause I'm looking okay. at the stats cause I'm modern and I look at digital things that are still yeah, accurate. So, you know, I just, <laughs> my wife had to bring my steno pad down. I left it up on the table. Good thing. It's even her. worse. That's funny. I, <laughs> I, was, I was sweating Wait, there I for a little minute. stat pad. Can you bring it down? <laughs> you were talking about your beer. I was shooting <laughs> off a text there. I was like, oh my gosh, forgot it yeah. upstairs. Uh, or you Jordan could just go Reed. to ESPN.com. <laughs> Probably could have. <laughs> that would have been too hard, right? Uh, okay. Seven for, <laughs> seven for 17, 132 yards. Jared White had four carries for 80 yards. Jared White. Man, that guy, all that does, all that guy does is do big yard runs lately. <laughs> he only gets like four carries, but he, he's always, always busting him close to 100 yards. He had a touchdown. Julius Davis had seven carries for 66 yards. Julius Davis is becoming our number one featured back, I feel. He's just kind of the workhorse. But uh, they tend to give Scottry Humphrey the carries when they get into the red zone because he's just more powerful looking. He's like 17 years old, Tony. Oh, my gosh. He had seven carries for 53 yards. He had three touchdowns. That's what I'm telling you, man. He's like this. He's playing the Sean Chambers touchdown role that we had last yeah. year, right? Elijah Elliott, everybody's screaming for Elliott to get more yards. I mean, he, we all love Elijah Elliott, three carries, 49 yards. Uh, Jacob Trimble, freshman wide receiver, had six carries, 100, or excuse me, six receptions for 104 yards. So there is a receiver, a Bobcat receiver, breaking the 100 yard mark. And it would have been a lot more if he would have haul that in and not put that one on the turf there in the red zone. Cleavan, two for 42. Askelson, Nolan, some defensive stats. Six solo tackles, seven total. Zach Cruz had a tackle for loss, one sack. Blake Schmidt had two tackles for a loss and one sack. 
Seabass had one and a half tackles for a loss in a sack, and Brody Greeby had one tackle for a loss in a sack. So there they are. Individual stats. Stetson. I'm glad that game's over with. Super boring game. Yeah. Uh, what did we learn from this game? I'll just I'll just start off with that. What did we learn? Gosh, I wasn't prepared to answer that. What did we learn? Uh we could be more multiple in our play calling. I think Sean Chambers gives us uh you know a comfortable option back there. We all knew like I think everybody was a little bit frustrated coming out of South Dakota State because it was you know, Sean Chambers, very predictable. I felt like the play calling in general is very predictable and kind of conservative for South Dakota State. So I'm glad to see we brought more to the plate against Stetson. My question was, why didn't we do that against South Dakota State? You could argue well, that's my. we were running the ball against them. We were, but we could have used a little bit more diversi- diversification in our play calling. I don't know. So... I'm going in well, circles here. Yeah, well, well, what I take away from that, and it's right along what you're saying, yes, we showed we can be more multiple. We showed that we can pass the ball and make you know call a game to that effect, especially in the red zone. I saw more things in the red zone that was like, why, why didn't we do any of that? Is it against South Dakota State? Like Sean Chambers rolling like a play-action rollout from like the five-yard line, that should be money against anybody. Yeah, you can pass it, or you can just make one cut and plow it, plow a little poor little linebacker over. <laughs> yeah, right. But what on the flip side of that is, it do, it doesn't matter if we play Weber State, we go right back to shrinking the playbook up. It's what seems to happen. It seems mm-hmm. to, it seems when we get to those top tier defenses, the top tier FCS teams, we shrink everything down to these core these core plays, this core play calling. And it just looks vanilla. We we go away from anything that we've seen all season long, any of the stuff that's worked in other games, and it just shrinks down to QB run, QB run. And it's great that we showed that we can do it, but I'll hold my breath that we'll actually do it in a meaningful game. I'm trying to think of a different meaningful game that we had great play calling last year. Huh. You see Davis, the Sean Chambers game last year? <laughs> Yeah, UC Davis was one of my favorite games, not only because we just won it in just going away fashion. That was the Sean Chambers game where he started off with a 70-plus yard touchdown. But then we also had some dynamic pass plays. Yeah. Passes up the seam during that uh, game. Yeah, I wonder, man. You, like These, these, said- uh, these uh, Weber State games are just slobber knockers. Right, they're just there's hard physical games. I wonder what we try to do. It just seems like we try to play keep away. Yeah, it's like we don't trust our defense enough. So our plan is to possess the ball as long as possible, even if that means leaving big plays off the off the board. Because there's a five yard play we could have that extends the drive instead of a fifty yard touchdown. Let's just keep getting five yards every single play. It's leading to a lot of injuries too. I mean. The way we play ball is really putting Sean Chambers and well Tommy Malott out. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a double like edged sword. Sure, I totally buy that necessarily. They're football players. They're big dudes. It's not like we have like little hundred eighty pound scrawny quarterbacks running back there. Here's a question: Either one of these guys would be like linebacker, like Tommy Malott could be a starting safety. <laughs> so, do you think 
do you think it's a play calling thing or do you think it's uh do you think it's Tommy when Tommy was playing just being like I trust myself more and just instincts and same with Chambers when he gets inside the 20 do you think it's just it's his instincts to just pull and just go for it just be the bull down there it it could be like you know winners want the ball kind of mentality like I'm keeping this I don't know I mean Tommy got hurt on a fake pitch right like a zone read Sean kept it and then the linebacker took Tommy out yeah dove dove low at him and it was a clean play nothing wrong with the play this is an unfortunate thing that happens that was like one of the few times we've seen both quarterbacks on the field at the same time and Tommy gets hurt but I think the problem is both those guys are such big running threats that referees don't call them in the same way that they would call a quarterback in terms of like roughing the passer and all that they're going to key off on them because they're such dangerous runners. The defenses want to hit them hard. It's very apparent. I mean, defenses always want to crush a quarterback, but it feels like it feels like teams really target our quarterbacks. It's by, on zone read plays, like they will crush the quarterback even if they know that they're not going to keep the ball. I, I, Eastern Washington did this real bad last year. They were determined to hit Tommy Watt whether he had the ball or not. Hmm. And I'm kind of feeling that other teams have done that too. So I, I noticed that with the Jacks. I, I don't think yeah, I've noticed that. Real... Go ahead. No, I just, I, I don't think I've noticed that outside of that, but uh, apparently Eastern did. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but I mean, that could be part of the more injuries than anything is just uh, they're dynamic runners and teams know they have to, you know, hit hit them hard to make them think twice about running. I don't know. Just spitballing here. I mean, tough, like man. I said, I think if you, even those guys are just drop back passers, if you if you designed zero run plays for Tommy Mallott, number one, he's still going to scramble because it's just who he is. So he's still going to be running out there amongst the linebackers and the defensive linemen. And he's going to get like sacked or zone read stuff. He's going to get crushed. So I'm not sure it matters if you're calling 20 run plays for Tommy Mallott or not. He's still going to get hit a lot. Do you think this type of offense can win a national championship? Yes, I do. That's what Tom Stuber said, too. I'm not sure it can. I'm not sure it can. I think it has the capabilities yet. there. It, ha- it hasn't yet. I think we need more passing, a better balanced attack in order to make that happen. I think what we do works. And it works well until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it's typically when we face the Dakota schools. Yeah, well, we should have beaten South Dakota State if we didn't have nine false starts fully. <laughs> yeah, we could have walked away with a 14-point <laughs> win easily Yeah, in that game. With the game plan everyone hated, it almost worked. It should have worked, and it would have worked if we would have figured out the cadence issues. Here's a, here's a kind of a hot take or question maybe i should ask you is it better that we lost and we're not number one no (laughs) no that's not how this team operates some some teams need to be the underdog jeff choate jeff choate teams needed to be the underdog he needed to build it up and i don't think that would have mattered i think it's worse because if we want to beat the Dakota schools, I sure as hell would rather play them at home in the playoffs. And losing to South Dakota State almost guarantees we're either going to North Dakota State or South Dakota State. 
Yeah, maybe. At some point in the playoffs. I'm not certain North Dakota State's going to continue to do what they do, but until they're until they're knocked off, we'll see. Yeah, everyone seems, everyone's, uh, I think North Dakota State's loving where they are right now. Yeah, probably. Everyone's kind of just writing them off. Quietly, they're scoring 40 points a game and just smoked like a top 20 team in Central Arkansas. Just handled them. <laughs> so they're just loving this, like watching everyone like Montana State and South Dakota State duke it out for the number one and number two spot. Yeah. North Dakota State's like, do, do whatever you want. We're still here. And you know, what I know about Matt Enns, he's, he's feeding that into his players, man. He's feeding that, quote, disrespect nonstop into their ears. <laughs> I don't like that guy. Yeah, I don't either. I didn't like uh, <laughs> I didn't like uh, the Jacks head coach, too. I listened to one of his press releases that week on Coulter's show, and he just came across it so schmoozy to me and kind of arrogant, and you're kind of wasting my time, Coulter, kind of thing. And I was just like, man, this guy's just something about him just rubbed me the wrong way. I could be misreading it, but I talked to a couple other people. They're like, yeah, I got the same thing, but whatever. Man, their whole team was like that. Yeah. They were like flexing over us. Guys who play up to the whistle and oftentimes pass the whistle. A little bit like Robbie Houck. A whole team of Robbie Houck's over there. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. It was a little bit. You watch them. That's what I was getting a little irritated during the game tackle you and they would flex over you just enough and then you would see like okay pulling off just before the flag comes out like yeah. okay it's gonna be that kind of game right oh they kind of they kind of mastered that and you know you know who they learned it from was north dakota state because north dakota state was real good at that too we have a really healthy rival with south dakota state right now i think that's cool yeah like it's somebody no, I, I, to i respect to hate yeah, so instead of the Grizzlies, but I do hate you know, them a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you want to take them down? That's I think right. we will. I think we will. I think we will get our revenge this year. Bold I take. hope you're right. Are we still talking about Stetson? I don't know. I don't want to talk anymore about Stetson. I didn't learn all that much. We learned we could put to, put away a crappy team. I like our defense this year, man. That's one thing I, I continue to do. I like our defense. I know Stetson hit a couple passes, but yeah, they were against like, you know, second, third stringers, you know, trying to figure out their gap scheme and they're just going to be missing a gap here and there. And they made some good plays. Stetson. I like our defense. I don't love them yet, but I think it's a huge improvement over last year. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I don't love them, but, but yeah, it's, it's an improvement for sure. There was that one play where their running back went to the left side Looked like it was bottled up and he just bounced around and then got like a 40 yard game and gain and was one shoestring tackle away from breaking a big touchdown run because we couldn't wrap up. Yeah, we didn't set the edge on that one either. So, and I went, I was, went back and watched, watched that play. When he cut back, John Johnson was in the backfield there. And for some reason, he like, he was facing sideways because he was completely out of position. He wasn't expecting a running back to pop back his way. And instead of like going back toward the line of scrimmage and making the running back bounce outside, he kind of like froze in place and then went to the left, aka back into the backfield. <laughs> so he got juked to the opposite side of where he should have gone. He should have just forced the guy outside. It was pretty funny. I mean, it worked out in the end, but as <laughs> yeah, but that this stuff's not going to work against Weber State because one thing, uh, 
Weber State is really good at is breaking tackles, especially uh, Bankston, the running back. Ooh, if we can't man. wrap up, if we can't wrap him up, he's gonna eat us alive. Yeah. So I no, no more of that. About him last year, hitting to like level guys. You know, wrap up. That's fundamental tackling is what it's gonna have to be. Because you're gonna be putting lots of one on one positions, and you have to make those tackles. Can we talk Weber. I think so. Did we want to do else? any sort of out of conference recap? I think we kind of did a little bit. I guess we kind of talked about South Dakota State. There's really no point in talking about Utah Tech, and we've already talked about Stetson. So I think we're probably kind of good on that. I put that in the notes. Yeah. I feel like that's good enough. Well, I, I got to say my little little word about South Dakota State, which I was itching to. But I think I got <laughs> most things covered. If, if the, it comes the, out the to Sledigel, man, things. because it's, 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 it's cathartic to talk and vent against the, the Jacks in. We're going to keep track of those dudes over there. You and I both pinned in losses for South Dakota State. So yeah. this was what we were predicting going into going into the um conference two and one. It's it's so funny. Like uh predicting a loss and then actually losing is like all of a sudden you're mad. <laughs> yeah. It's like we I thought we would lose. So why am I mad? And it's also funny you and I talked about how we think Montana State gets better throughout the year. So if we think that's the case like what, what's the problem? Like we're sitting not bad, not oh, sitting I, pretty, but we're sitting pretty good. As long as we take care of this next game, this is this is a huge game. Yes, this is a huge game. So in recap, we're going to play Weaver, and then we have Portland State at home. Uh, we go to Cal Poly, should win there. We're at Sac State. I don't know what I don't know what to think about Sac State. I'm I'm not convinced that they're, they're good. World, I'm convinced that they're good, but they're are they like. Our level? I'm not sure about that. Have we played them since that homecoming game you and I went to? I don't think so. Uh, that one's at 8.30 at night. Oh my gosh, that's going to be terrible. Okay. That's perfect. Oh. That's great. Kids are in bed. I get un- uninterrupted access to watch an entire football game. Yeah. Okay, so after essentially after this week, we have three, two games that we should be favored in, heavily favored Portland State, Cal Poly, at Sac State, that's going to be tough. Then we come down to the Palouse, play Idaho. So back-to-back, pretty tough games. And then we have Northern Arizona and Eastern Washington at home. Finally, Eastern Washington has to go to Bozeman. Finally, don't get me started on that. Holy cow. And then uh, we go over to Missoula. So, man, I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels really, if we lose this week, it's going to feel really bad. It's going to feel like, yeah. uh, okay, backs against the wall, Jeff Chope mentality all over again. <laughs> I don't want to feel that. Lose, if we lose to Weber, seven and four is in the cards. Absolutely. And I think this is kind of a grudge match for Weber. We've beat Weber the last three times. So go back in Vegan's era. Go back to when Troy Anderson was playing with us. We had a 13 to 7 victory, a Friday night 13 to 7 victory. Oh, that's right. October 15th, and it was just a physical all out brawl. And I remember watching that game going, holy cow, just slobber knocker. Yeah, that, then, that was one of the most physical just brawls I've seen. Yeah, 13 to 7. Jay Hill, Coach Vegan, Freddie Banks. It was, <laughs> that was in Ogden too. And then we played Weber twice last year, 
43-38 on October 22nd when ah, that was the infamous game where they couldn't snap the ball. Such a weird game. Such a weird game. We had we came back they from still a huge deficit. had a chance to win that game. Yeah. It was like this was kind of a theme where Montana State would take the win and or take the lead and then we were just praying to hold on. And Ty McPherson dropped the ball on fourth down at the very end of the game and then hit him in his hands. And it was uncharacteristic, but he had a couple big drops in that game. I felt lucky that we won that game. I felt actually that Weaver lost that game rather than us winning that game. We had a punt return and a kick return against us that game. We just did not look sharp. No. And then nope. we, we won in the second round of the playoffs. We were all really nervous because Weber was coming back to town and we jumped out on them like 33 or 30 to 10. And then who was their quarterback that got kicked out? I, I was thinking about this guy today. He got hurt. Um, Constantine, was it Constantine? Was that no, it? that was two years ago. I'm pretty sure. Think, yeah, this kid because he was a running joke on the Big Sky Podcast Network, so I'm pretty oh, sure he was already gone yeah. by then. Because he transferred Anyways. like rice or something. That's right. <laughs> um, it, gosh, it was a uh, yeah, so forgettable. Is it Shanks? Was there a Shanks? Who am I thinking no. of? Shanks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was his the name? current quarterback, Kylan Weezer, came in for him and. Led Weiser. a couple Weiser, Weiser, whatever, Weiser. And led so a couple <laughs> a couple drives back <laughs> for them. Could sling the rock. And we were just holding on again. And it was it was something where I think we like got stopped on fourth and one where we could have put the game away. It was just kind of those those games. So I don't know. I feel like this is a grudge match and Weaver. I think Weaver's looking at his chops. I also think Weaver's looked pretty stinking good this year. They're two and they're two and one. They beat Central Washington ten to thirty five, and then they had probably their best game against Northern Iowa in the Uni Dome, beating them thirty four seventeen, doubling them up. They lost last week seven to thirty one against Utah. Utah's number twelve team in the nation. But man, Weaver, they just look tough. They always look tough. They look to me, Weaver's one of those teams that always just looks bigger than everybody else. Because they got really yeah. old dudes on their team <laughs> that are like 25, 26 years old. I remember Jeff Cho always described them as like they have a Mountain West defense. Like they just look different than your other defenses of the big sky. Every one of those guys looks FBS size. Oh, yeah, by the go. way, Bronson Barron is the there quarterback. Is. <laughs> I, had, I had to go. It was eating me up. Like, what is his name? Bronson Barron. Yeah, we yeah. knocked him out, right, in that game? Yeah. And then, yeah, Kyle Weiser, the guy who's current quarterback. Yeah, man, they they were physical against Utah. Now, Utah's missing a bunch of their stars, but losing 731 to the number 10 ranked team in the country, and it was 7-7 to at one point, I mean, that was nothing to hang your head about. What, what, was, what was Weaver in the Big Sky power ranking polls? We didn't talk about those because we didn't write it down. I know you I didn't write it down, it so I think Weaver was three. Yeah. So remember preseason, they were ranked number six in the conference or something like that. Maybe five. Like to finish? Yeah. The, yeah. You're conflating two things. Like that this guy power rankings is our fun little group. The actual preseason conference polls. Yeah, I think they were picked no. to finish yeah. six or something. Yeah. I'm just saying 
Weaver's better than what we were thinking they would be. So well, maybe have they done any? I mean, winning at Northern Iowa maybe expected, but the other two were completely expected. So I'm not sure that we know who Weaver is yet. I'm not sure we know who anybody is yet. But I mean, yeah, they're they're two and one. They're looking like they got. I don't know. They look like they're not quite as good as they have been. They're not as elite statistically as they have been. Like if you're looking at the the team stats, the de- defensive leaders. Now it's out of conference. Everything's kind of hard to compare right now. But when's the last time you know Weaver State is like fourth in scoring defense, and they are sixth in yards per per game defense? Huh. Like that's. I know they played Utah, but that's just not quite what you expect out of Weaver State. They still got a guy named Winston Reed. They're always top three. Everything. Who's Winston Reed? Uh, only like the big sky preseason MVP. He's oh, their linebacker. <laughs> First team. You'd think for, I know that. Uh, well, he's, he's got guy. He's been there for a while. Um, and I, I think his brother played on the team as well. They have some players. I mean, they can, one thing we're not going to kick to, uh, what's his name? Abraham Williams. Well, at least we hope we don't. I hope, I hope Hall puts it out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. If Abraham Williams gets a return in this game, somebody failed. Either Brandon Hall, Coach Vegan. Who's our special teams coach? Is it also Vegan? Justin Udy. Is Udy special teams now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, someone's going to be held responsible if, if, Brand, if uh, Abraham Williams is able to return a kick. Kick it out of bounds. I don't care. I love how... Justin Udy, for some reason, gets mischaracterized as every coach because for some reason the <laughs> the team camera is always like, on Justin Udy. Yeah, they're like, Didn't look they at say Coach Vegan. Vegan one time. Yeah. yeah, he was Coach Vegan <laughs> at one point. He was Coach House, right? Another game. <laughs> Poor Coach Udy. And Coach and Udy's the- always just fired up too. He's just sitting there, John, the whole time. I think the South Dakota State game. I think that I think the flag was on Coach Udy. And the camera yeah. went to him, but I never heard. I don't <laughs> I don't know if it was ever confirmed who that flag was on. <laughs> but I think it was Udy. <sighs> but I don't know. But yeah, anyway, so if if Udy's also responsible for this, <laughs> maybe the graphics could say somebody else and he'll get out of it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't it's it's pretty simple for me for, for Weber State to me. And I put this on the Bobcat Nation today. Don't kick to Abraham Williams. Okay. Tackle. Yeah. Right. Uh, don't get beat deep. Cause Wiser, the thing he does best is throw a deep ball. He's got a strong yeah. arm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I put, there's one more thing on there. It's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to look it up right now, but uh, it, it seems like it's, oh yeah. And the, the game plan is more than Sean Chambers 20 times up the gut. I think if those things, I think we have a decent chance of winning. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be physical. I'm not saying that I think the Cats have an easy victory or anything, but I think with the improved defense and the ability to run the ball in multiple ways, if we get back to that, I think we should be able to win this game. I don't doubt that. I just worry about kind of the, like I said, the grudge match part. I think... Winning, beating them three times in a row, and that not being the history between this rivalry, kind of a balanced rivalry, 
it's not a rivalry. It's just a conference game, but they're mad. I mean, we beat them twice last year and dictated some terms, and I'm sure they felt like they should have won those games. And now we're back in their house. And so there's a revenge factor for Weber. And I just, I don't know. That That's something. That That is something. I think well, Montana you know, State has a better line, offensive line. Yeah. And that is a key to this game. Absolute key to this game. Yeah, it's been a while since I would say that I think MSU does have a better offensive line and a better defensive line than Weber State. Yeah. I don't know if I could say that last year. Confidently, they had some Plus, dudes. our defense is a little bit better this year. I like our defensive scheme. I like the way we're using Paldrell. I think our safety play has gotten better because of, well, Jeff Manning not being there. Well, Drew Polidor. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Drew Polidor. Who did <laughs> I say? Let's keep it on the positive. You said Jeff. You said Jeff Manning's not there anymore. Well, I that that's that's what I meant. But uh, I know it's what you meant. But I'm saying, let's give some credit to Drew Polidor. We don't need to take Manning down a notch. I was never a fan of Jeff Manning. I know. But we're using Polidor in a nice way, though. Blitzing him, which we're is blitzing awesome. blitzing a free safety, which is gutsy. But he's fast and he's hitting hard, man. He was crushing people at South Dakota State. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. He was one of the things, like, there was two guys in that game that I thought really set the tone physic- uh, from the physicality standpoint. It was Drew Polidor. And it was Julius Davis. Julius Davis was running mean in that game. There was one play where he like mowed a guy over completely. He was like, fired up. Yeah, he's he's a strong runner, man. They, those were fired up. Those those guys are competitors. So yeah. I think there's a level of physicality the defense has this year that, that did not have last year. You're spot on. I loved when they would pan to the sideline when Julius would come out. He'd take off his helmet. His hair is just flying out everywhere. <laughs> He's just yelling on the sideline. He just just amped up, and I was like, "Man, this guy gets it." Yeah. Like he wasn't part of the, these losses last last year against these guys, but he he's a team guy, man. I yeah. love, I love, I love all those Bobcats. They always I, talk about the brotherhood of of the team. <laughs> those guys are tight. They yeah, get it for sure. I could see why he's getting the majority of the snaps, dude. What do you think of Humphrey Scotty Humphrey? He needs better patience. Other than that, love the guy. Love him. <laughs> if you want a guy, like, give the ball, and he's going to get shot out of a cannon, he, he's that kind of running back. And he's, he's he's physical. He will mow you over, too. There was a, was it Stetson or was it, uh, it was Stetson. <laughs> where he, he could have made a cut and probably ran by the guy, but he just like, just, no, I'm going to run full steam into this poor little safety. He got tackled. <laughs> I think he could have ran around him. Oh, man. He's the number one dude on the Bobcat team I would not want to tackle. He scares me. And he's only 17. I When I heard that, I was like, what? Are you kidding? He's a full-grown man. <laughs> he's and he's the, probably the biggest running back we have besides maybe Garrett Kuhn, but he's the biggest like physically imposing running back. And yeah, he he is reckless. How about this narrative for this game? What if we just feed Marquis Johnson the ball and just get him in space and just let him run wild? Why aren't we using him? It's driving me crazy. Exactly. It's driving me right. crazy. Thank Why? you for saying that. Like he's a proven commodity, and the only thing he's done was take a nice kick return against South Dakota State and like punch 
the South Dakota State player as he went down, basically. I don't know if you saw that play. <laughs> he like stiff armed one of those stiff arms that's basically a punch. <laughs> but oh my gosh. Like, he's he looked just as fast as ever. So what's the deal? We have we don't have Ty McCullough. We don't have Lanyada Alexander. Jacob Trimble's doing okay, but let's get Marquis involved. Come on. Bubble screen to Marquis. I, I don't know why we don't do it. I really don't. He's not even in the game. Ah, I know. And it just bugs me. And the fact that we're not passing to our tight ends is bugging me increasingly. And Coach talks about it every week. He's like, yeah, we got to get the tight ends involved a little bit more. Like, then freaking do it. Pass him the ball. I feel like we've passed, we're passing them more this year than we have the other years. Like, it, it hasn't bugged me. Ah, it's not getting like, heated. I mean, Lonegren and Snell each had a catch last week. <laughs> For once, I just want to see Chambers give the fly sweep instead of pulling it. He doesn't even fake it anymore. He just like, he's just like, here, here you go, and then tucks it. I'm like, man, give it to CT. Give it to Marquis. Just let him run. Just, I, want to, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I mean, that's been a hallmark of this QB running offense we've had for years now is that there's a wide receiver who can take it to the house because yep. you give it to him on a sweep. Who was that guy that we had? He scored a one or two touchdowns in Cat Grizz and he transferred out. I can't remember his name. Yeah, totally know who you're talking about. It's driving me crazy. I can't remember his name, but then Marquis Johnson. Like, There's always been a guy who can stretch the field in that way. Yeah. And we have we have one. We have possibly more than one. <laughs> we do. But we're not using any of them. <sighs> There's so much more we could be doing offensively. That's, I think that's kind of my bugaboo about this so far. Okay, we, we had the uh, game against Utah Tech. I think everybody, including me, thought we kind of held that back vanilla-wise to kind of not show much for South Dakota State. And then we showed even less <laughs> against South Dakota State. <laughs> I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> and then Stetson... Was a game we showed more, but it wasn't what I was expecting, though. I still haven't seen that kind of that same dynamic running game that we've been having. It's a little different. Yeah. I'm not sure I like it. It We showed even less at South Dakota State. (laughs) That was the head scratcher of all head scratchers. The whole Bobcat Nation's going, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> why are we why are we being so damn conservative now, we're playing the again, number one team in the nation? What are we holding back for? Conference play? Again, I don't want to rip on it too hard because minus stupid penalties, we would have won the game with that game plan. So <laughs> as much as I hated watching it, I think it was smart because it was keep away football. But I just wish they would have gotten the running backs. Like there's, you can do the same stuff you're doing by, by giving it to a running back a little bit. <laughs> That's And in certain situations, like – third and goal after you've been stuffed twice up the gut. I don't know, do a different play. <laughs> so there's there's some small critiques in terms of like situational play calling, but I thought overall the game plan was good, if not boring, but it like I said, it, it came within a couple stupid plays and a non-scoop and score punt block. Four Bobcats there. Literally, there's zero downside. Zero downside to try and scoop and score in that situation. None. Exactly. Worst. Exactly. The worst thing that happens is that uh, 
such good they fall somehow it. gets it and they kick it out of the back of the end zone and it's a safety. <laughs> that's the that's the worst case scenario. Every other one involves us getting the ball in the three in the side of the three yard line because they can't advance it back. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh man. I wish I could have watched you watch the replay of the game when you finally <laughs> realized that we that we were there. Yeah. And then we had you know, all those false starts down. That was so frustrating, was man. It was. I mean, it definitely wasn't as like Man, Bobcat Nation was really a lot of people were pretty upset about that game. I I, I was like I, I was more optimistic than anything after that. Yeah. When I what so what I did is I like I woke up at like four AM or something. All right, let's check the score. I'm like sixteen to twenty. I'm like, hey, not bad. Just looking at the score, I felt pretty good about that. Like that score was respectable. After getting blown out by South Dakota State and pretty much every Dakota school except for the one in Bozeman, every other time we've been murdered by these schools <laughs> in the last few years anyway. So I was pretty happy with that score. Until Watching the game, like, like you know, I mean, I was we let it slip away. But to me, it still showed that we could compete. I wasn't throwing coaches under the bus. Uh, the, my thought wasn't like, I don't know. There's so many negative people about that game. If anything, I, it just gave me more hope that we could beat these guys again if we clean some stuff up. It does both. Bowie's hope and concern. I was really ticked at House Right for calling that play five times in a row when we could do any number of things, of which yeah. he's called before. I love when yep. we fake the dive and then leak out the blocker, the tight end, Snell, or do some sort of misdirection. It works all the time. Every single time it works for us. And I don't know why we did not do it. To me, this was a conversation I had. It felt like it was an ego thing. And that's something I can't get over. To me, it felt like we were just trying to prove that we could do it. And I was like, why? Yeah. This feels like we're working harder, not smarter. And we're just trying to trying to just puff our chest and say, we will run it down your throat. We will. And, it, it, and this was like a mentality that was ingrained in them over the winter. Because when you listen to Bobcat news, their driving force over the winter was that South Dakota State game. We got to get bigger, stronger, faster because of this moment in time. And I just think, I don't know. Maybe it's this narrative I've crafted in my head of Coach Housewright getting caught up in this and then just being like, no, I'm not succumbing to it. I'm just going to prove that we can do this. That's how I feel. I mean, you can also do Chambers up the middle, even do that more creatively. Like as stupid as that sounds, bring a running back back there next to him. Like if it's literally only Chambers in the backfield, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Get a running back next to him so at least the defense has to think for a second. Yeah. And then, like, what about, like, a fake pitch? Like, a real just, like, all he has to do is, like, and then go up the middle. <laughs> just something to get a defender to not key on him for a half a second. Yeah. Well, now, granted, it was one of those should have been a touchdown. That was real borderline false start. That was a close one. The one on Marcus Ware. I thought uh, calling that on Marcus was pretty... Ooh, uh, yeah, it's it too close, close like, to I, call I have no right problem there. with it really looking at the re- I, I slowed down the replay I'm like alright but that one worked though yeah it did <laughs> the one that worked was the one we went up false starts on 
I mean, only one of those works out of all the how many ever times we ran the stupid play, we win the game. So, yeah. Here we what are, are talking Jacks. Still can't get over it. I still got fans who listen to this just texting me. Still hurts. I'm like, yeah. It's it's one we uh, hard to get past. But Man. you know what? We didn't we didn't have like a hang up against Stetson. And that was my biggest concern was how's Montana State gonna respond? Well, pretty good because we hung a lot of points on them pretty early and then got in all the backups and that was good. But Poor now Stetson that, didn't even get it to they got like three hours of sleep. <laughs> that whole debacle with them not getting till Bozeman and, or not getting to their hotel in Helena until like what five thirty in the morning? Yeah. And then they didn't get to Bozeman until like midnight or something. Then for whatever reason, they stayed in Helena, slept for a few hours, and then <laughs> bust over to Bozeman. Terrible. So that alone, like, that's tough. It is tough. I feel I felt bad for them after a certain point. Yeah. Not as bad they as I felt for like, American college against Portland State. They battled all game. Oh, yeah, there's that North American University, Portland State. Ugh. At least it wasn't that. I heard I heard on today I was actually listening to the Grizz fan pod. They had like minus twenty three yards of offense. Yeah. Oh man. Someone on the Vulcan should never be like, allowed. Is like this is basically Bishop Sycamore, like if you if you're familiar with that whole scandal. Uh, there's some weird stuff going on. There. Anyway, we're we're going on a complete tangent here. Weaver State. Right. We didn't hardly talk about Weaver State. Well, have you, you feel good enough about that? Have we talked enough about Weaver State? Any more matchups you want to talk about? Uh, the guys, you know, the guys I'm worried about are Bankston, or bruiser of a running back. He can move. He's big. He's like 200 pounds. Uh, he's got most of their yards already, but that's kind of deal. They're, they're not rotating backs like they used to last year. They, they had like three backs last year. Bankston's their dude. Yeah, so, Dante McMillan, I remember that was a guy who gives a lot of trouble. Yeah. And but another yeah, thing basically I'm, him. Here, here's something I'm slightly worried about for this game is Montana State hasn't re- rotated their defensive line like they said they were going yes. to. Thank you. That was like a emphasis preseason and then it just hasn't happened. We'll see what, you know, Paul brought coming back. But like even when Zach Black was healthy, I we we were seeing him mostly in mop up time against, you know, Gold Rush and 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 that stuff, but when it got to uh South Dakota State, it was the same five. You know, it's 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 the guys that we normally see. But uh, yeah, I, I just I don't feel that's sustainable. No, it's basically Valdez and Blake Schmidt never come off the field. Mm-hmm. That that seems and to be a problem. Maybe there's a defensive end like yeah, Kenneth Iden factors in. It's like Kenneth Iden, uh, Ben Seymour, and Brody, Brody Greeby. Kind of rotate a little bit, but Blake Schmidt, Seabass, they're always there. David Alston is in the mix. I see him a little bit, but yeah, interior guys. And so you know, Brock's going to be an interior guy that they're they're bringing back. Be interesting to see uh, to watch that at least. So there's something to think about. Well, it was uh, good getting those guys some reps against Stetson. Yeah, they had a little bit of a rough second half there, but it's hard to get up for that. But at least those guys got some live game reps. Like mm-hmm. Blake Heel played a lot. I mean, lots of guys got in that game. So that's that's good. 
But you're right, man. Like that was such a hallmark of uh, just even a couple years ago, like Brent Riggins' first season. I felt like we were playing all sorts of dudes. Yeah, and now right. it's just like two guys on the interior. That's it. I don't know what we're doing. So I I just feel over time that I felt like we would get better on the defensive line. Just doesn't feel like we've taken that step. We just don't have the dudes. Ooh, I don't know. I it's I weird, man. You disagree? No, man. We held South Dakota State, one of the most potent running attacks and offenses in the country, to like 20 points, and Isaiah Davis did even have 100 yards against us. Can you compare that to last year where they did whatever they wanted against us? Oh, okay. Let me rephrase. The D-line is taking a huge step compared to last year. Outside of the guys we have, I just don't see the second wave being The depth isn't there. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. The depth. But I think the front line's better. Okay, I can get on board with that. All right. But I agree. Like, yeah, we need to be having guys play because you can't ride those guys. And if they get hurt, what we all of a sudden have nobody that's played any meaningful, meaningful snaps. Mm-hmm. What's the harm of taking Valdez out on a third and 15, third and 20? <laughs> Blake Schmidt, get him out. There was a cool play. Uh, I think I told you this against, was it South Dakota State? There was unique formation that I saw where we, and we sacked Gronowski on the play. We brought in, and I'm going to have a hard time remembering this and I texted you it, but we took out Blake Schmidt and we brought in Kenneth Iden, Brody Greeby. We moved uh, Askelson up into the box. He would basically was a defensive tackle. Then we had Seabass huh. and Ben Seymour. So we had like four guys, three guys who are like pass rush defensive ends and then Nolan Askelson in there and then Seabass to eat up some blocks. And we got it. We got to Gronowski real fast and we sacked him. So we actually had five on the line and only one true defensive tackle. It was pretty interesting look that I hadn't seen before. Did you see it anymore? Uh, I, I didn't pay that much attention to it. It just kind of stuck out to me on that play for some reason. I'm like, is it? Cause I think I saw five guys on the line and I saw Blake Schmidt run off the field. So I think it kind of surprised me like Blake Schmidt's coming off because we're talking about those guys aren't coming off and I actually rewound the play. I'm like, well, that's a very interesting lineup right there. Gosh, man. So the, the defense I think has more wrinkles this year. I think they're, I think the play calling has been better and I think the, the play on all three levels has been solid. So the defense is improved. However, I feel like we play a little too much man. Sometimes I think we need to mix it up with zone. Especially like, let's say we when we face Idaho, if we go man, Giovanni McCoy might just slice and dice us. Yeah, or throw some double mans. Yeah, double team a guy. Gosh, man, do you, have you do you just ever stop and just look at Seabass's legs? I have noticed his calf muscles before. Those things oh are my massive. Gosh. <laughs> I feel like his thighs are like the size of my waist. Oh. I'd be interested. He's one of the most NFL-looking dudes I've seen at Montana State in some time. He's sheer muscled. He's just a specimen to behold. Yeah, he'll get looks. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some Golden Cooley questions. We got lots of them. Yeah. Let's start off in Bobcat Nation. And I'm crashing. You're crashing? <laughs> I'm getting tired, man. I'm Are still you? a little jet-lagged. Are you? Okay. I think so, yeah. We'll, we'll plow through them. We had a uh, T.I. Irwin... Man, that, that guy's a throwback. I hadn't seen his comments for a while. Um, giving Zach Levere some shine. Good for him. 
Uh, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah, always the danger of putting someone else on the podcast. Instantly better than us. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> I know you're going to listen to this. If you go solo and take all of our listeners, well, your luck. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Touche, I would say. would be Yeah, he did. Touche, sir. He, he, did uh, he did a good job. He did. He did really good. I'm glad you mentioned it earlier. I didn't have a chance to say anything either, but yeah, good job, Zach and Tom, and thank you guys for filling in my stead while I was just drinking Guinness and not thinking about Bobcat football very much. All right, so let's go through these pretty fast. Uh, Bleeding Blue says, who has the most carries for the catch this Saturday? I think it's going to be Julius Davis. I was things- coughing. What's the question? Yeah, it's because he thirty thinks it's his cough. Uh, who has the most carries this Saturday? Julius Davis. Yeah, we both said the same thing. Or Chambers. Ooh, that's no. close. Davis. All right, Roger. So. Roger Fisher. Nineteen ninety four. Is that when he went to school? Nineteen ninety four. Dang. Uh, do you think the coaches are hiding more creative plays until they absolutely need them? <laughs> Who knows, Roger? Uh, if so, what what constitutes a must-win game? If not, then why not play a few cards early? I think, Roger, that's the question of Bobcat Nation. I don't know. That That's something we talked about during this podcast. Thorny, have anything to add to that? I'm going to channel like my Bill Belichick. Every game is a must-win game. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Roger, for many reasons. Hey, but yes, got- you're asking the question we're all wondering right now. I don't know we we talked about that. Like it, it, it feels like we've n- haven't been creative this year, and uh, we'll see if it's something we're hiding or if it's just the coaches are trying something different this year. Like I don't know. And as far as must win games go, I do think the Weber State's a must win game. Is is it too soon to say uh, to sit down with a house right and have a couple beers and ask him? Hey, hey, cut, 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 cut. <laughs> Wow, fully out of left field. Yeesh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> you got to make jokes so you don't cry. You got to laugh so you don't cry, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Cody. I'm sorry. I got to compose myself here. <laughs> oh. Cracking All right. Let's get the catch win the national championship. Without Tommy, I know he will be back, but history says he will likely be injured again. <laughs> this is what we are saying. He has finished one out of four meetings with the uh, Dakota State Universities. That's an interesting stat right there. Can the Cats win with the national championship without Tommy? I actually think they can. And here's, here's a little hot take. They actually might be better at the quarterback position without him. Now, I, know, I know you're looking at me going like this, and yes – Give me all, give me all of it because I'll waffle on this. I'm, I'm not firm on this take. I think we are actually more multiple with our play calling without Tommy Malott. I'm just gonna say that. It does seem to be the case. They let they they let Chambers fly more for some reason, or Tommy just doesn't pull the trigger. One of the two. Maybe it's not the play calling. Maybe Tommy just doesn't have the gunslinger mentality because Chambers is definitely more of a gunslinger. He'll let it fly. You know, Tommy's also the throw ultimate, ultimate general out there though too. So there's gives and takes, right? You got the leadership, you got the we're not going to lose mentality with Tommy. 
got the gunslinger mentality. I like I like being more multiple. Tommy gets it done. But we've also seen games where Tommy, for the lack of a better term, we've used it here, does the Tommy ball kind of offense, and it just it pins us, essentially. We can't get out of that. I don't know. I'm losing a word right here, but we we can't get out of that lane, and it feels like it becomes predictable. I, I had something to say, and I completely forgot it. All right, plowing on. You just kept going, and my 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 thought just eventually just <laughs> left my head. Thorny is dying. We got to get out of here. Okay, Colorado Cat says, now that we made it through non-conference schedule, what do you predict the Cat's conference record to be? We did this a couple episodes ago. Episodes ago. I think we're going to lose one conference game. Is you that picked. what you had? Yeah, it was a loss to Idaho. I had us going undefeated. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I had two uh, losses. This is an eleven-game season. We're start, we're gonna start playing twelve-game season. That's a whole other conversation to have. Actually, what are we? We're playing twelve-game seasons. When? What are you talking about? Yeah, and going forward, I think starting next year, every every season is a twelve-game season. I think so. It's kind of weird. So, huh. I think we have one more loss. Yeah, Long time I cat. Mean, I might change my answer to that too. I think we'd probably drop one at some point. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I might stick to my undefeated prediction, but one seems kind of likely. All right. Long time cat says you're the coach. Do you still run plays where Tommy lines up in the backfield or wide out? Or do you just play Matt quarterback? I'm just going to ask that one. He has a, has quite a bit after that. I play him how we've been playing him. You don't change I probably anything? design like five runs for Tommy, and then the rest of it I just let Tommy do whatever Tommy's going to do. Yeah, and knowing he's going to scramble at least five times, probably. I see where the I see where the question comes from. I mean, obviously he got hurt on a non-contact play where he had the, the, the didn't even have the ball in his hand, and I see the frustration. It wasn't non-contact. In that. He got hit pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I said that wrong. I know what you're, I know what you're saying. He didn't have yeah, the ball, yeah. but he got he didn't smoked. have the ball. Mm-hmm. So. That could have been avoided. I I think you got to just let him do what he's going to do and just accept the consequences if he gets hurt. Yeah. So, well, like at I said this earlier, point, I'm not sure play calling. I think he gets hurt kind of no matter what. So I, you yeah. might as well you get the most out of Tommy when he's when he's got the ball. Mm-hmm. Good call. Well, I agree with that. Who would win in a fight? I always like these questions. Blue and gold <laughs> blitz. One Connor Moore size Taco Dollar. I got process that. Taco Dollar, but bigger, or three Taco, three Taco <laughs> Dollar size Connor Moores. <laughs> I have to choose probably the three. I'm gonna say three Taco Dollar size Connor Moores. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, easily right, because Taco Dollar is not that much smaller than Connor Moore in in essence. Like, <laughs> I mean, Connor is like a Hulk of a human. Yeah, usually this, these kinds of questions are like. A hundred rats, like a like a one elephant sized rat, or a hundred, you know. The, the, there's usually a bigger discrepancy here. Like Taco's a small human, Connor Moore is a huge human, but they're not like they're still both humans. <laughs> yeah, I would say blue and gold. You probably could take that down to two Taco Dollar size Connor uh, Connor Moores, and then have those Connor Moores hop on the. <laughs> One of them hop on the back of the Connor Moore size Taco Dollar, and then the other one take out the knees, and I think you're good. 
I think yeah. then you know, just like one a, one versus three is always going to be hard. Yeah, and those those two they're they're both competitors, so I, I, I picked the three no matter how big they are. <laughs> Gosh, blue and gold comes back with another one. Why can we never have a dominating offense and a dominating defense at the same time? Because not many schools do, man. Yeah, quite simply, tough. it is tough. Quite simply, it is tough. It is tough. That's hard to do. You guys just have you just got to have that perfect mix of dudes. Yeah. Although, if, if you have that, you win a national championship. Yeah. North Dakota State did it for years on end, dude. So it's out there. All right. Uh, I hear what he's saying, page. though. It's frustrating. Like we finally get a good offense, and the defense isn't like just one year, like one year removed from being a really good defense. All of a sudden, defense is bad, but the offense is good. So it's like, ugh, come on. I hear All you. right, last one on Bobcat Nation. CNC Cat says, assuming that the Eastern Washington continues to play strong, could this be the most ranked teams MSU plays in a season? Also, Thorny, did you take a golden coolie with you to Europe? And what was the best thing you drink you had to drink while you were there? It never even occurred to me to bring the golden coolie. I feel bad. I had an opportunity. Yeah. Man, yeah, you could have took pictures with it everywhere. Could have. My wife took knitting. She's a big knitter, so she was taking pictures of her knitting all over the place. Cool knitting over the cliffs of more, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like just in her like looking at the cliffs of more. <laughs> so uh best thing I drank. Probably Guinness. <laughs> probably Guinness. Didn't have a huge variety. Not super impressed with the German beers. One, two. No beers three. I had in Germany and Austria blew me away. Guinness probably. I was surprised how much I liked Guinness because I, I didn't think I liked Guinness. So I will say Guinness, even though I got burned myself out on it. To the front part of his question, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, we conceivably could play five ranked teams. If Eastern continues to win, we're going to play Montana, Eastern, Idaho, SAC, and Weber. That's a lot. It that's is. a lot. It's a lot in conference, and then, of course, we play the number one team in the country out of conference. It's not yeah. every time you play a ranked team out of conference. That's more rare. I think more and more base guy teams are going to be ranked just because of the FCS landscape, like by far, Big Sky and the Missouri Valley Football Conference are the two best conferences. So like pretty much four or five teams in each of those conferences are going to be ranked every single year. Yeah, it may be not that the conference is getting b- better. It may be just that the FCS is getting weaker and the big skies stayed the same. And so it just kind of buoys the big sky. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. I don't think the big sky is necessarily better. Yeah. It's just like Sam Houston States and the James Madison's of the world are gone. All right. That's it on Bobcat nation. What do you got on Twitter? There's, there's three ones here. I'm going to read, I'm going to save the one. I think you're going to like the best for last. Okay. Uh, the Mike's asked us and we already kind of talked about this. He wants to know, What's up with Alexander Jr. and uh, Ty McCullough? And he asked, when did Caden Donald get hurt? I think we kind of, Caden Donald got hurt in practice, right? He got From what I understand. Up. Coach Vegan said he got nicked up in the South Dakota State game and then just uh, continued to get worse in practice. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. But then we obviously know about Junior Alexander now today announced he's, his waiver was denied and Ty McCullough is practicing. Uh, you said that Ty McCullough and Paul Brott were out for this week. I heard that they were just. Paul Brott's coming back. I'm, I said JT Reed and Tim McCullough. Reed. I didn't hear they were scratched. They were just like more of a game time decision, I thought. But 
Coach said they're practicing, but they wouldn't play this week. Okay. That's not what Victor Flores said on Twitter. Okay. Uh, okay, Boston Bobcat or Buddy Boston. What's your take on the running back room? Will the new double-deuce Scottry Humphrey have more than one carry this week in Ogden? Can Elijah Elliott get more touches? Julius Davis is obviously awesome, but with so many weapons, I just hope I'll stay healthy and keep other DCs guessing. I hope Scottry Humphrey gets more than one carry because I want to see running backs get carries this week. Yeah, we need to lean on those guys. I think Scottry does get a lot of carries. I don't think Elliott's going to get more. As, as much as we love Elliot, he's just buried on the depth chart. I mean, just to be but honest why, with you. Why is he buried on the depth chart? But Well, to be honest, like, yeah, I get it. But Scottry Humphrey, pretty damn good. Like, he's a bulldozer. So, Elliot is kind of like, a, not only is he an awesome back, but he he's different than everyone else we have because he's not as big. We, You and me, we've always liked the scat backs. Elliot fits that. That mold. Montana State has never loved the scat back. I'm not sure I'd call him quite a scat back. He runs pretty hard. Okay. He's, so he's more physical than your your average scat back, I would suppose. But I, I he's more, more like of a, a speed Demetrius back, Cop- Crawford kind of guy. He's a lot bigger than Crawford. I think uh, maybe not. Was Crawford a little bit more powerful? He was a hard runner. Yeah. He could break tackles. Elliot could be a feature back. He could be. He's proven himself uh, durable, which nobody else has. That's a good point. Really good point. But yeah, all of a sudden, Jared White, Scottry Humphrey, and Julius Davis are all ahead of him. Two freshmen. That's, That's rough, man. Like, I love Elijah Elliott. It drives me crazy because every time he gets the ball, all he, all he does is get yards and churn yards. And he has the. I think he probably has the best vision of any of the running backs. Agreed. So it's just kind of a mystery. I, I like he said, I get it. He's like barely, barely in fourth place and he'd be starting a lot of places, but to answer the question, he probably gets zero carries in a game like this, a tight game. It seems like the staff is reverting more and more in, in these big time games to reverting to their bell cows, yeah. which wasn't the case last year. What seems to be the case this year, which it's a worrying trend for me. It's weird because we have like this awesome offensive line. You just think we would just cycle through our running backs. Just, yeah. Just like last year. Fresh legs. It didn't matter who was in there. And all of a sudden it's just like, no, now we only like two running backs, even though we have four really good running backs, five with Lane Summers healthy. No, it's still going to have like two of them. Pump the brakes. It's still early with kind of some weird games. Stetson was weird. South Dakota State was weird because it's just a weird high profile game. I think we're going to hit some strides where you're going to, I don't know, just pump the brakes. I think. Okay. So I said it's worrying. I'm not concerned yet, but I will keep my eye on it. <laughs> oh, man. It's getting late. I'm loony toony. Last question. I saved this just for you. D Brem on Twitter asks us Loved Glesser's nickname, Stones. What's your new nickname for 6 9 Hall? Stilts? <laughs> the reason good. why stones like was stilts. so good the reason why stones was so good because obviously you had to have the stones to kick it through mm-hmm. uh stilts i mean now that i see it i can't unsee it yeah 
I should have not said that and let you think on it for a minute, but stilts is already in your head now. Stilts puts it through. Yeah, I could get behind <laughs> that. Stilts. Yeah, it could be it. It could be Stilts Hall. Doesn't sound too bad. What to think? What to think more on that? I'm not officially adopting that yet, but I like it, and I have nothing better at this moment in time. I one thing I want to know. I still want to know. Did players call Glessner stones? Did anybody <laughs> pick up on that outside of us? The few that listen to this I don't podcast. Know. Good question. Or kids we call probably reach stones. out to Stones Glessner. He's not even on the team anymore, so he probably respond to us. I know when I told his mom I called him a stone, she looked at me like, what the heck are you talking about? His dad <laughs> just gave me a head shake like, no. <laughs> I was like, Don't you call him that again. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know what? It's my podcast and I'll call him stones <laughs> if I want to. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, he always will be Stones Glessner. Pour one out. I still got some beer left. Pour one out for Stones Glessner. <laughs> Kicking it. Where, is he playing he at? at UCLA? I don't even know. Okay. I, I can't get all, I can't keep track of all these California schools that everybody went to. Connor Wood went to where? Was he Missouri? Mizzou. Mizzou. Okay. And then Sessions went to Cal. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Sessions, Sessions went to Cal. I wonder if he's playing. Afonso went to San Jose State and then transferred to and then Cal. And like, nope, I'm going to Cal. <laughs> okay. So then. So now we have two former Bobcats at Cal. And then Stones went to UCLA. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Would have been it would have been way easier if Stones just would have went to Cal with Fonse and Sessions and then just keep it all in one spot. Yeah, right. Okay. Just make making sure we got all Stones Glessner went to UCLA because he probably wanted to kick in perfect weather, but the problem is UCLA is now in the Big Ten and now they have to go play in like Michigan and Wisconsin. So right back in the cold Stones. weather, buddy. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a good way to end the podcast. Is no one still listening at this point? I feel like this one was just a, just garbage. Not rusty. I'm back for the first time. It felt just bleh. But it's it started rough. The Read for Gear Up, <laughs> and I apologize, Mac, our sponsor, the Read for Gear Up. It's like it's like I went back to fifth grade and was trying to read all over again. I'm a math teacher. <laughs> uh, you telling me hard. that your one practice read before we started recording wasn't enough fully? <laughs> it was hard for me. <laughs> oh, I'll get man. better at it. I can't. I just got to say it. I I just got I just got to memorize it or do it my own. I I'll get it. But thank you, Gear Up, for being our sponsor. Thank you. Yeah, like if you're if you're a middle school. High school coach, whatever, and you're looking for some good uniforms like Nike uniforms. You're up, you're like get in contact with those guys. I, I it's we'll, we'll put more out there, but they're a great company. They're awesome sponsor. They All right, hey, who we got picking for the golden coolie? Oh, I, I say uh, stones. Yeah, let's do stones. That's a funny question. D Brem, I'll reach out to you on Twitter. Thank you, thank you for the question. It was it was good. And uh, Stilts is the Ooh. placeholder for now. Stilts. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Look at I fixed it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Thanks, for Gear Up, for being our show sponsor. Thanks again to Wilbur Ellis for being the Golden Cooley sponsor. You can find us on rrcatcast.com, Twitter slash rrcatcast. 
uh, you can always shoot us an email at rrcatcast at gmail.com. Foley, let's get out of here, man. Go Cats. Go Cats.